This is Asasi Podcast, enabled by Asasi Radio. The following presentation was previously aired on Asasi Radio. Now, we'll be talking to Mr. Theophilus Teria. He's a tax lawyer, and he's been following this case, and uh, it's time for us to learn a thing or two. Uh, good morning, uh, Mr. Teria. Good morning, and good morning to our listeners. Thanks uh, for your time. And uh, were you surprised by the ruling uh, that has been described by uh, the um, former member of parliament for Tamale Central, uh, Haruna Idrisu, who himself is a lawyer, as a fair uh, ruling? Well, thank you once again uh, for having me. I wouldn't say I was surprised. Um, the court has its own reasoning in always coming to conclusion when it's deciding matters of uh, injunction. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that in, in making this decision, the court had to consider the, the already stated or warned on within the legal sector, legal um, industry uh, as to the test for granting injunction. So I am not surprised at all uh, in the court um, coming to that conclusion in, in this matter. Uh, in, for the court to decide as to whether to grant an injunction, it first of all consider a number of factors. Uh, one of them is that first, um, the party or the applicant in the matter, or the applicant in this case, which is Honorable Ablakwa Haruna Drisu and um, Mama Yariga in question, they ought to demonstrate that they have um, an interest in the matter, which in, in a constitutional matter, uh, the court doesn't apply that test. The other test that is also considered is whether there are serious legal issues to be tried. And in this case, there's just legal issues to be tried. And the court would also consider issues about on the balance of convenience who stands to suffer more uh, so when the, the court measures all these factors uh, the court also the view that the state stands to suffer more uh, rather than the, the entire population right now um as that may sound logical for the untrained mind i would like to turn our attention to uh, a couple of scenarios. Um, if, of course, the respondents, uh, the ruling goes in the favor of the respondents, then things will continue as normal. Uh, in the event that the uh, ruling of the substantive matter itself goes in the favor of the applicants, um, my, in my mind, it seems that it would create a bit of a challenge uh, for the government and the Ghana Revenue Authority. Uh, how do you see uh, this panning out? Well, I don't, I don't think that that'll be a problem uh, from the revenue point of view, or let me say the government in, in question, uh, because the Revenue Authority is charged with responsibility of collecting taxes, and it's a well-established institution. Uh, they have a mechanism for, for admission this tax, including keeping records, and before this e-levy uh, was supposed to start on the 1st of May, obviously the Revenue Authority would have done some consultation with the PSPs, that's the payment systems, the banks, and other charging institutions. So obviously, uh, robust, I mean, let me say, I wouldn't say robust, but some operational uh, mechanisms have been put in place to make the collection of the tax quite effective. So the same manner, uh, obviously, since it's, a, it's an electronic system, it's very easy to determine the volume of transaction that has gone through, the taxes that have been that have gone through. And let me also point out materially is that we have uh, a, a regime for refund which is set out in the domestic law. So any any taxes which have been collected, any any taxpayer, 
is eligible to apply for refund. So it's quite easier on the part of the Redmond administration to be able to track all the taxes that have been collected in relation to the e-levy. And I don't think that would be a problem to administer. But the question as to whether the court would, would, would in, in this matter, rule otherwise is something that the coming days will show. Now, uh, Mr. Terrier, the, the question of precedence comes to mind. Um, is there any case such as this in our history or in the history of common law? Um, this case in question uh, in relation to tax is quite peculiar. But we have a lot of uh, matters that the court have put an injunction and parties have gone to win the substantive matter. But in terms of this matter, uh, it's quite peculiar uh, because it's the first time members who are part of the legislature have come to court to say that the procedure for imposition of tax is irregular. So it is quite unusual. But let me also point out that it is not a legislature that is in the court. It is some members of the legislature who are in the court and challenging this matter. So, I mean, it is quite an interesting one. And I think that in the coming days, the court would uh, would make a decision. But we can't second guess from the, from the application how it may turn out at the end of the period. Now, a lot of, uh, you know, accusations and counter-accusations have been thrown around uh, on this. Uh, from a strictly legal perspective, is there any um, substance to the claim that this is a politically motivated uh, move and, and rather is not the testing of our law as far as this rather controversial um, Act 1075, the Electronic Transaction Levy, uh, act uh, being passed? I, I wouldn't say it's, it's political, uh, even though the parties involved uh, or the applicants in this matter are political actors. And so it is quite easier to lend itself that this is political uh, strategy or whatsoever. But the Constitution guarantees any Ghanaian the right to come before the court when they think that an impropriety has been occasioned, which would affect the constitutional sanctity of it. So I don't second guess, or I don't foresee, uh, I don't want to, as, as, a, as an academic and as a, as a lawyer, I don't want to, I mean, simply say it's political because we've had a number of uh, Ghanaians haven't gone to court and had a, a, a jurisprudence develop as a result of this. So it's, it's something good for us as a country. Uh, the good thing is that we need the government need taxes uh, to develop this country. And all over the world, countries are finding easier way to raise revenue to augment the, the existing tax, uh, tax base. So it is something that uh, for me, I expect the government to uh, communicate clearly uh, to the citizens. Um, at, at the moment, it is unclear whether this taxes is coming to be a permanent feature of our tax system, uh, it will be good to have a clear timelines for which this taxes will be imposed. If you look at the uh, the banking sector, for example, uh, we have stabilization levy, which is bound by time. If you have something like that, it's going to reduce the effect of people not wanting to use mobile money and other payment platform. So that must be clearly communicated. We must have a definitive period where all of us are shouldering the tax obligation because if that is not the case, it's going to have a distortionary effect on, on, on the populace and it's going to have a negative effect, even though it's going to yield revenue for the state. So my view is that the government must communicate clearly on this. And let's, let's, let's look at addressing the issue about, about the refund. But revenue has come out clearly that uh, they are going to 
have a refund mechanism to refund target those who have who were overcharged. I had I, I utilized the the tax on the first of May, and um, I didn't see that, but I just suffered that. But uh, we've got an assurance from from the Revenue and the Ministry of Finance that refund mechanism have been put in place. But the question is, how practically can this refund be? And so we need to be, they need to communicate clearly on that. And it should be system, uh, system based. It's not when you're applying for it. Most of the, most of the refund that we have in this country, the taxpayer who has suffered is required to apply for the refund uh, in person, in writing. But if it is system generated, where once you've been overcharged and you get a credited, uh, recredited with your assets that was deducted, I think that it will send uh, clear confidence to the, the taxing community. That's interesting. And um, so the there were quite a number of, um, you know, when you listen to the voice uh, of the uh, minority leader in parliament, he mentioned that, look, um, one of the grounds that they they, they pointed to the a statement that or an argument that had been made by uh, Mr. Goffrey about I mean, the Attorney General that the uh, vote in Parliament uh, for the passing of uh, Act uh, 1075 was carried uh, by a voice vote. Uh, and uh, their argument is that uh, there was one member of uh, the um, majority that was not in the chamber uh, and therefore could not have participated in a voice vote. From your understanding of the standing orders of uh, Parliament and, and, and the legal grounds for uh, promulgating and passing laws, do you think there's any merit in the argument that in spite of the um, singular member of parliament being in the vicinity of parliament but not in the chamber to participate in the voice vote takes away from the voice vote of the day well this is an assertion that the majority leader is saying um the the accuracy of it will depends on the evidence that is brought to the court uh there are two school of thought others of the view that at the time that the the, the vote was being put uh, the, some some members of the majority of the minority were actually in the chamber, so I would say that is a question about evidence which should be brought before the court. If it is clearly demonstrated before the court that the number fell short of what was required, and it's up to the court to make a decision. And in making a decision uh, before the Supreme Court, there are other matters of public policy and order. So all these things will pan out based on the evidence that is submitted uh, by the by the minority, um, sorry, by the applicants in this case. Indeed, as the name of the game is uh, goes, it is based on the evidence that you submit to the court. Uh, Theophilus Deria, I will thank you very much for your time and uh, for throwing light on this matter. We're grateful. Thank you very much for having me and have a nice day. You too, sir. Thank you for listening to Assassi Podcast. Follow Assassi Radio on Twitter at Assassi Radio 995 or share your feedback via feedback at assassiradio.com.